This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I'm Joe Rimmer and alongside me I've got the three wise men themselves. To my left, it's the tall man Paul Gorst. How are we Paul? I'm alright Joe, yeah, not too bad. And then alongside me I've got two other men that I think if one of them got on the other's shoulders they might even be able to look Paul in the eye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to my right, Dan Kay, how are we Dan? Hi Joe. And across from me the main event, our LFC reporter, both home and away, James Pierce. How are we James? Not too bad, thank you Joe. Good weekend, James. You were um, you had pitch side seats at the uh, the biggest game of the weekend, didn't you? <laughs> at Liverpool Chester, the big thrashing. Liverpool laid down a statement, didn't they? <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose they did. Um, it was it was it was enjoyable actually. There was a fair. I mean, there was a fair bit to go at. I think even before the game, you kind of looked at it, and there was you know, obviously there was the Carrius factor. His first game since Kiev, the new boys. The young players coming back, the ones who've been out on loan trying to catch Klopp's eye, and um, a bit of a mixed bag, really. First half wasn't great, you know, it was very, very kind of disjointed, and you can't really read it too much into it, can you? Because you know they, they'd had a double session at Melwood the day before, and so uh, you know it's not, they don't don't prepare for these games like they would a, a proper game. But second half was was a lot more dominant from Liverpool as you'd expect against a a non-league club um, and yeah I think you know there was there were some you know decent things that Klopp would have taken away from it I think n- not least you know the pick of the first half team was undoubtedly Harry Wilson and, and the manner in which he took his two goals and then the second half um, by far and away the best player on the pitch was Daniel Sturridge um, just looked like he looked like a completely different man to be honest it was almost like he'd kind of you'd gone back three or four years he was he looked really lean and and sharp and and hungry and determined to impress and of course you know the caveat is it was it was only Chester and and to be fair to them they made a lot of changes in the second half and brought on a couple of trialists who who looked like they they just wandered out the pub to be honest but um <laughs> so we, you know you, you have to have that put it into context but yeah Sturridge was was certainly one of the big pluses from the afternoon yeah Paul Jokes aside, they are interesting these these preseason games, aren't they? That plenty of people are very uh, very interested, and they want to, they want to see who starts, who the new signings. But Daniel Sturridge, where, where do you see his future lying? Do, do you think there's a way back from at Liverpool? Um, I think it might be a little bit too little too late at this stage. I think Sturridge just, he scored sixty three Liverpool goals, and he scored his fiftieth in two thousand sixteen. So it just kind of shows what a terrible couple of years he's had. It's pre- it's been pretty much four years of, of constant injuries hasn't it since he pulled up on England duty in September 2014 um, it's just he struggled to get going he was, a, he was a big part of the team that went all the way to the Europa League final a couple of years ago and that was probably when he's played his best football under Jürgen Klopp but since Klopp came in it, it's never really it's never really worked out has it he just doesn't look like a player who's going to fit into a Klopp team he doesn't really press from the front his, his work ethic isn't up there with someone like Roberto Firmino's and it, he's a classy footballer, and you can just even from Saturday just watching him the, the the second one he scored, he'll always have that class. And it was a, a timely reminder, but I think it might be a little bit uh, too little too late for Sturridge, and uh, I still expect him to, to move on as as uh, sad as it would be to see him go. Dan, I saw saw a great tweet tweet from uh, Neil Atkinson from the Anfield Wrap after the game. He tweeted, um, "Every time I think I'm out, uh, the the Godfather quote made famous by <laughs> Sill in The Sopranos." Does does that sum you up with Sturridge? Does it? 
he just I, keeps reminding us that he does have that quality, doesn't he? I totally agree with that. I mean, I saw somebody tweeting over the weekend on the back of it. You know, he, he may well go down as one of the great lost Liverpool talents. You know, in, in terms of pure ability of people that we've had in the four positions in the last couple of years, it, well, five, six years since he arrived at the club now, isn't it? You know, he could really you know stand alongside any of them. You know, the the, the tragedy from from his point of view is that he's never been able to really get a sustained period of injury-free football under, underneath his belt. Mm. And I think it's it really seems to have kind of taken its toll. I mean, I, did, I saw bits and pieces of the game on Saturday, and I did see one or two saying, yeah, he scored a couple of flashy goals, but he's, he still wasn't exactly... I mean, obviously, you, you, you couch that by the fact it's a pre-season friendly, so he's not, he's not going to be hairing down like a lunatic anyway. But I think, as, as Gorsi pointed out there, I think one of the things that's really kind of precluded him from being a major part of Klopp's fan, plans is that he, he doesn't really have that kind of pressing side to his game that really is so fundamental to the way that the manager wants his teams to play. But you look at, you know, when the time comes for him to leave Anfield, whether that's this summer, as seems highly likely, I think, or whenever, you'll look back at the highlights of his Liverpool career and go, wow, what a player, what moments he gave mm-hmm. us. And there's always going to be that feeling kind of like what might it be with him, which is quite sad, really. To be fair, James, there is a spot open at Liverpool right now Roberto Firmino obviously is the, the main man and the first choice for Liverpool but that sort of second first backup place is is available Divock Origi's got some, something to prove Dominic Solanke is there hope for storage maybe in the past he might not have accepted that role but do you think now having been alone at West Brom he might want to try and make a play for that, that role yeah I, I think I think it probably depends on a number of, of things I think yeah for a start what does Sturridge himself want you know because he, he must know that Kind of regardless of how well he does in pre-season, you know, Roberto Firmino is so well established as Liverpool's first choice number nine, and you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to change. You know, is he, is he prepared to to hang around this season and and be, you know, the the backup to Firmino? And you know, the, there might be occasions where Klopp would consider playing the two of them, um, or does he does he want to go elsewhere and and be the main man? I think. I don't think it's absolutely nailed on that he'll leave. I think um, still, I still agree with. The, the guys that he, I think it's probably more likely he will, mm. um, but you know it was interesting. I asked Klopp about Sturridge afterwards, and you know he said he said you know he's yeah he's had a great week, but it, you know kind of tempered it by saying um, he can still do more to impress me. And I, I think you know, reading between the lines, I think it, Klopp has kind of been here before with Sturridge, yeah, hasn't yeah. it? It's like it's a week into pre-season, he's looked sharp. He's done it against Chester in a pre-season friendly, but can he actually handle the intensity of a Klopp pre-season can he stay fit will he actually do all the sessions mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think you could tell that Klopp wasn't get exactly getting uh, getting carried away with it but I hope I'd absolutely love Sturridge to to turn it around and, and, and re-establish himself at Liverpool I still think it's an uphill struggle for him but you know, he, like, like, like we said before he's, he's clearly put a lot of effort in over the summer because he, you know, he he was he physically, he looked as good as I can remember him for three or four years, and um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't say as well that it was just his goals. He, I think, I think one of his first touches was an unbelievable pass to release Ojo for the for the penalty, and he just he just oozed class throughout that that second half, and especially when you compare him to say Origi in the first half, when okay, it wasn't easy for Origi because Liverpool collectively weren't weren't great in that in that opening forty five minutes, but. It was a kind of reminder of just how frustrating Origi can be at times. There was a couple of times where he got released and, mm. and wasn't able to put chances away. A couple of other times where 
you know, he, they, Chester played a ridiculously high line at times, and he, he was getting himself caught offside, stupidly not looking across the line. And so, you know, if you were, you know, if you were looking at that purely judge based purely on on Saturday, then you'd, you'd certainly have Sturridge ahead of Origi in the pecking order. Yeah, staying with you, James. Two two debuts on Saturday: Fabinho in the first half, Naby Keita in the second half. How did they fare? Quite different performances, is that fair to say? Yeah, it was it was different. I mean. Yeah, Fabino, I think he struggled for the most part. I think um, just his touch let him down at times. Passing wasn't great. I think you you saw flashes of what he will bring to the team. He's a I hadn't seen an awful lot of him to be honest. I didn't. He's a very kind of physically in, imposing figure, and I think he's a tall lad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, real real presence to him, and you know, he did win the ball back a couple of times, just shrugging players yeah. off and. Um, but yeah, I think you know Klopp afterwards said it, you know it was it was very difficult for him. You know, I think obviously on the back of a first week at pre-season, you know he'd never played with any of those players before, and it was a pretty you know makeshift eleven. You know he's playing just in front of Nat Phillips and, and Joe Gomez were the two centre backs in that in that first half, and you know he's, he's playing also he, he played as a kind of it played four two three one in the first half Klopp. And the other holding midfielder was Ben Woodburn. Who, yeah. you know, I don't think I've ever seen Ben Woodburn play a holding midfield role before. So it was you, that, you know, that all has to be factored in. But yeah, Keita was was much much kind of more pleasing on the eye in the second half. Um, some uh, some lovely little touches, lifting the ball over players, and you know, he, I think it was the fourth goal that he created um, just with his pressing and perseverance to win the ball back. Uh, should have had a goal as well. He, you know, bulldozed his way through at one point and, and ended up lashing it, lashing it over. And th- to be fair, the clock mentioned afterwards the pitch wasn't great there. And I think you could tell from Kaita's dirty look at the surface that he was blaming blaming the, that one on the on the on the grass. Um, but yeah, again, you know, he'll be he'll he'll be better for it. But yeah, I think certainly out of the two of them, you you'd, you'd say that 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 Kaita was the one who made the bigger first impression. Yeah, Paul, is it a bit easier for Naby Kaita? Is it a year to? Get his head around coming to Liverpool. Probably his style probably already fits in with how Klopp plays. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. So obviously, he's he's known he's going to be a Liverpool player for the last eleven months. So he'll have been watching Liverpool a lot more closely mm-hmm. than Fabinho would have. Fabinho's deal basically was a bit of a bolt from the blue, wasn't it? Everyone was still down under the dumps from the Champions League, and then next thing you know, here's Fabinho, forty million pound midfielder from Monaco. Um, it, it's unclear how much he will have known. You know, how long has he he knowing that he was going to become a Liverpool player but Keita for the last year will have obviously been looking at Jürgen Klopp's style of play and, and the way Liverpool have basically charged the way to the Champions League final um, and I think his, his style probably does, does suit Liverpool's more, more than Fabinho uh, Fabinho obviously um, versatile can play right back but he's a, a traditional defensive midfielder something that a lot of Liverpool fans have felt has been needed for the last few years but Liverpool have intended to, to use a specialist defensive midfielder after they've played Jordan Henderson there last yeah, season yeah. and he, he's kind of had to adapt to that role himself and, and carve out uh, a position as a defensive midfielder but Keita's a bit of a, an all-action one isn't he he's box to box great energy great pressing so I think that that is a fair assessment that Keita will have um, basically had a lot more time to adjust really Dan, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Just thinking, I know it's only the first game for Fabinho, but last time I can remember a signing having a bit of a slow start in pre-season, but then really flying. It was Torres, is that, that fair to say? I remember him missing a penalty. Um, I think it was, it was in the in Asia, Asia Cup against yeah, Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, and 
I think in this, you know, I can remember, you know, 10, 15 years ago, obviously pre-season would happen. And, you know, you might go to the odd local friendly match, but it wasn't like it is now where every, pretty much every Liverpool match is televised, is reported on in much mm. the same way as if, as if it was a proper senior fixture. And it's kind of scrutinised and analysed uh, to within an inch of its life. Uh, I mean, you know, we are only, we're not even halfway into July yet, are we? It's, it's um, April the 11th, sorry, August the 11th, August the 12th yeah, is awesome. the first game. So it is very, very early days. Like, like Gorsty said, the difference between Cater and Fabinho is that your Cater's had, you know, even even just in the, the, the logistical side of things, you'd imagine Cater will already have had a place, you know, his house sorted out, yeah. everything, you know, for his family, kids, whatever, in schools and so on. Whereas Fabinho, he'll still be very much getting used to it, learning the language, that kind of thing. So, I think we've you know, we've all got to be patient. That The thing with pre-season is, like you said yourself at the top, there's enormous interest in it, particularly with the first couple of games. Everyone's dying to see them in the new shirts and the new kits, how they're all going to set up. But I think we all have to kind of temper it with the fact that, you know, we've got a month to go until yeah. the real stuff starts. And it's about peaking at the right time. And, um, you know, Jurgen Klopp um, is well-renowned for, you know, really kind of putting a lot of thought and planning into his pre-seasons to make sure that the players are coming to boil at exactly the right time. And I'm sure that he'll have the right kind of plans in place to make sure that all the elements of his squad hopefully will you know will be ready and raring to go when when West Ham rock up at Anfield on on the Sunday the 12th isn't it now okay. not not a new signing but another man that would be desperate to make an impression in pre-season James you you had a little bit of an update on Harry Wilson for us today he's set for a new deal is it is it now or never for him for his Liverpool career in terms of getting into the team I don't know I think you always hesitate to say kind of now or never just because we, you know, he's still relatively young in football in terms, isn't he? Was he 21? And and I think, I think as we kind of touched on last week, the dilemma for Klopp is, you know, does he does he keep Wilson as a squad player this yeah. season, or would he be better served, you know, for you know, for, for him to go and play regularly, probably in the Championship, and you know, and then come back, and then would be would he then be in a better position to command a place at Liverpool? But you know, I spoke to Wilson afterwards, and he made it clear that. His preference is to stay. You know, mm-hmm. he, want, he, he doesn't want to go out on loan. He'd rather, he'd rather stay and play. Um, and, and the way that Klopp said it to him is, you know, go out and prove to me that, you know, you you should command a place over the next few weeks. Certainly in the UK-based friendlies, and then and then he'll make a decision closer to the start of the season. I mean, he couldn't have done any, any more on Saturday um, than, than he did. You know, he he took his goals so well. Um, you know, and he, it was interesting. He said you know, he felt like he'd proved a point last season with. People obviously questioning whether he could handle the, the physicality yeah. of senior football, and then to go and score what was it seven in thirteen mm-hmm. games for Hull um, in a, in what is a tough physical league in the Championship. I think you know he, <coughs> he felt as if he's now much in a much stronger position to to force his way into this this Liverpool team. Um, you know, I I really hope he he does stick around yeah. because you know the, you, you think back to the back end of last season, there were certainly times then when Liverpool would have. Would you know? Would would have been much better off having a Harry Wilson to bring off the bench for the last twenty twenty five minutes of certain games. Um, as it was, he was he was at Hull at the time. So, um, but yeah, Liverpool. To, to be fair, you know they're recognising that massive progress they've seen in him. The fact that they want to, you know, he only signed a new contract back in January just before he went yeah. to Hull, and now they want to give him another contract to to kind of sh- show that they you know they appreciate the steps forward he's made since then. So yeah, I don't. I, I don't get the you know nothing that I I've heard or seen suggests that it's it is kind of now or never for him. I mm. think it's it's I think Klopp really really likes him. I yeah. think he just 
it's it's just a case of you know what is going to be best for Wilson because you know the the reality is that he's competing obviously with with Salah and Mane for a mm-hmm. place in the team and you know it's it you know well it's, he's he's not you know the, the the brutal reality is he's not going to start ahead of either of those is he this yeah. season but you need you need options and at the moment he 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 has got all the hallmarks of being a fantastic option for Klopp this season. Paul, would he not be better off though staying at Liverpool and staying in Klopp's thoughts rather than going out on loan? Would he not be better off even if he has to play second fiddle to Mane and Salah? Uh, possibly. I'm just thinking maybe um, if Harry Wilson kind of continues to to play the way he did on Saturday and continue to impress, maybe Ian Klopp will, will think twice about a Moses Simon or a Jadon Chikiri. Yeah. I just think he could be, you know, a, a a backup for for those yep, wide areas. Yep. Um, he's, he's 21. He's, he's a Welsh international, so this is the the time of his career where he's he's ready ready to kick on and and you know make an impact. And you know he's at one of the biggest clubs in the world, so it's always going to be difficult to do that, and particularly when the pool are boasting arguably the best front line in in Europe at the moment. But um, he, he did impress, and it, it is uh, I, I think it's a a good thing to have him tied down to a new contract. Um, if he, if he goes on loan. I, I'm not not sure how much a championship uh, loan would would suit him at this point. I think if he's going to go on loan, move him to a Premier League club and see what he can do in the Premier League week yeah. in week out. So I think it's either look to loan him to a, somewhere lower down the Premier League or keep him and use him as a as a backup as and when because Liverpool are going to be playing possibly 50 fixtures plus next season, are they? Yeah, James. It was a, it was a performance that prompted almost an immediate loan bid from from Celtic, wasn't it? But Liverpool won't be. Allowing him to join up with Brendan up in in Celtic. No, I mean that's that's the second time that, that Celtic have tried to get him on loan since the end of last season. Um, and yeah, they they got the same answer on Sunday as they they'd got a few weeks ago um, that Liverpool aren't prepared to to let him go to Celtic. I think they've made it clear that if he does go out on loan, it will be to an English club. Um, I think as we reported last week, there were also some concerns at Liverpool in terms of. The, the two loans that um, that Celtic had from Premier League clubs last season, in terms of players went there and didn't didn't really get much game time. Um, and we know that when Liverpool do these loan deals now, there's various clauses written into it, but there's financial penalties if you don't get the sufficient game time and all the rest of it. So um, yeah, I think certainly, what well, I think there was a dozen Championship clubs who came in for him last week, trying to to to, you know, to make it clear that they wanted him on loan, but. You know there'll be no decision on Wilson for a few weeks yet, and and to be fair, if he continues to perform like he did at Chester on Saturday, then I don't think he'll be going anywhere. Dan, are you smoking? You know, it's just a bit warmer now. <laughs> You're vaping away next to me there. Just steaming. You? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, due to the, the the nature of this red hot soccer chat. <laughs> <laughs> Good comeback up. Another Welshman who is trying to make an impression. James said he played in a slightly deeper position. Uh, ben will burn. Where, yeah. where do you see his future lying, Dan? Do you think it, he needs a loan? Well, you know, I remember vividly the night that he scored that goal against Leeds and became Liverpool's youngest mm. ever goal scorer. Yeah. Um, and then at the start, you know, I think we, he, you know, he had a couldn't another couple of appearances that season. Slightly abortive one, at, uh, him and Trent away to Stoke. Yeah. Um, and they kind of got points off at half-time, the pair of them, and, and you kind of think, well, maybe they've got, got a little bit of way to go, these two. And then the start of last season, if, if I seem to remember rightly, Woodburn came on for Wales in a couple of World Cup qualifiers. And like had real, imp- I think like scored, sco- scored a yeah. vital goal, and created a vital goal. Lashed in that winner, didn't he, from twenty-five yards? That's it right. Just arrowed into the bottom corner. And I think in the next game, kind of came on and hurtled down the ring, put a great cross in for, yeah. for Robson Cano. I think get a, a, in, a, in a way match for them. I remember thinking, well, he, surely he's going to have, 
you know he's gonna you know, he's gonna step it up and you know, hopefully continue the progress of the season before and then basically we never see him until Brighton at home on the last day of the season and I think we actually did a couple of pieces didn't we towards the end of the season going where is Ben where is Ben Woodburn what's happened to him I mean you can get this with young players sometimes I think you know possibly you know there's a, a parallel there between Harry Wilson because Harry Wilson seems like he's been on the scene for ages yeah he does must be like four or five years since he didn't he make his, his Welsh international debut when he was about 17 yeah it was, wasn't it wasn't it young am I, am I right? sick of it younger than that yeah because they wanted 16. to tie him down didn't they so that's probably, you're probably talking four or five years ago now so you, you mentioned obviously he went on loan to Hull is Hull the, the only loan spell he's had? No, he had he had a, a short spell at Crew, yeah, yeah. twenty fifteen. But that he basically didn't didn't get a game and it it, went, it came back. And mm. um, so I, you know, the, the, I would imagine you know the, the the two of them could probably look at each other's situation really as a bit of a case study and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure from from Woodburn's point of view, five years into. Uh, you know, becoming part of the Liverpool setup, he would want to be having more games under his belt, say, than than Harry Wilson has now. I mean, it's interesting, interesting to hear uh, James say that he played in a in a, hold, a holding midfield role mm-hmm. on Saturday, which certainly isn't the you know the the, sna- the snatches that I've seen of him playing so far. You wouldn't expect him to be in that role. It maybe indicates you know, that he's got it. He's got a fair few strings for his bow, and yeah. versatility obviously is something that we know that Jurgen Klopp is is keen to have at his disposal. Um, but he, the, what, what I like particularly about Woodburn, and, and particularly you know it, what he showed in those international games, he didn't seem phased at all no. for such a young lad being on on the big stage like that. So bearing in mind, obviously, the discussions that we've been having all summer about where do Liverpool need to strengthen and is it a goalkeeper and this that and the other, I think and, and it, 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 it's always great for supporters to see young players getting getting a go and, and not just in the pre-season games, but being around the fringes of the squad. And as Gorsley said, you know, realistically. Liverpool will be looking to play upwards of 50 games next season if we have a good, another good run in Europe and yeah. some good cup competitions. So the nature of the way we play, it's so intensive, so physical. You've got to preserve your top players and make sure that, you know, that, they're, that they're able to, that they're firing on all, on all cylinders right through the season. So I, I hope, you know, particularly the likes of Woodburn and, and Wilson do get, do get a, a decent crack at the whip because um, you know, Liverpool need as many options as they can have next uh, you know, once the season starts and Woodburn's another man that he'll have no shortage of offers will he James if, um, if he does go and go and leave Liverpool on loan no there's been a bit of interest already hasn't there a couple of championship clubs in, in for him I think probably at the moment it's probably more difficult to see where Woodburn would fit in into yeah. this Klopp team than probably Wilson to be honest in terms of you look at Wilson's ability to you know the fact the fact that he's, a, he's such a prolific goal scorer as well I think you know, gives Wilson that extra edge, and it was um, yeah, it was difficult for Woodburn to make any real impression. To be honest, in that game, I, I just I'm not I'm not, not too sure whether whether Klopp even knows himself what Woodburn's best position is, and because he's not you know he's he, he we've kind of seen him obviously play wide, but he's not a he, he doesn't have the pace does he of a or, or the trickery really of a of a Mane or a Salah or any you know even even Wilson to, for that matter and. Um, you know, I think I, I've always liked Woodburn probably further forward, but kind of but central. Um, so hopefully, in the next couple of friendlies, we will see him operating a bit further up the pitch because I think he he's shown before he can be a creative force. But you know, he's still I think he's what is he eighteen? Eighteen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's still so young. Nineteen October, again. I think. Yeah, because you know he burst onto the scene so young, and every you know a lot happened to him in a short yeah. period of time. Kind of, it, it is easy to forget that he is still very very young you know most kids his age are still 
at the academy, you know, dreaming of, of making the leap to Melwood, and you know he's he's been in that position for for a long time now. I mean, it was there was a few bizarre things about the game, like in terms of Pedro Chirivella played centre back in the second half. Um, so it was you know a certain thing. You know, Klopp does almost treat them as as, as kind of extensions to the. The training, so you know, he did have to a bit like Woodburn playing holding in a holding midfield role. There was, you know, Chiravella at centre back. There was Alberto Moreno was captain, leading Liverpool out in the first half, and I don't think we'll, we'll be seeing that too often in the future. So, um, mm. um, but yeah, it was it was you know in, t- in terms of it, it meant a huge amount to Chester. Liverpool went there. I think they pocketed thirty odd thousand pound from it, make a big difference to them. Um, and you know, from from Liverpool's point of view. 22 players got minutes under their belt no injuries I think Danny Ings was walking a bit gingerly afterwards he kind of just turned his ankle I think a little bit in a tackle but Klopp didn't seem particularly concerned about that so uh, on to Tranmere on Tuesday night yeah Paul when I was 18 you might not believe it, but I was about five foot seven, oh, quite yeah. skinny. Yeah. You shrunk, you shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put your heels back on. <laughs> but are we, are we guilty of um, putting too much pressure on these young players? I mean, I mean myself. Just just before saying that it's now or never for Harry Wilson, Ben Woodburn at just eighteen. Um, he came through so early, but do you think do you think it's a bit unfair to, to ask too much of him too soon? Yeah, maybe. I think as you know, people who've watched Liverpool for so long, you look at. People like Michael Owen and, and Robbie Fowler and Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher, perhaps to a lesser extent, he might have been a little bit older. But when these players come through, it, it's just so exciting, isn't it? And it's yeah. it, they're, they're, it's kind of like the reason you you, you want to play football. You, everyone was that kid playing, and he wanted to play for Liverpool. So when you see these young players coming through, it is a little bit ex- exciting, um, and perhaps maybe you expect a little bit too too much of them at a certain age. Um, ben Woodburn scored in that goal against Leeds in uh, was it October two thousand sixteen. All that did was was make everyone sit up and take notes and, and expect maybe a little bit more of him. He's 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 still a young lad, isn't he? He's eighteen. He's still got plenty of time on his side. I'm not particularly worried about him long term. I think eventually he, he might be a player who's who's good enough to make the grade at Liverpool, whatever that, that position is. Um, Harry Wilson's three years older. Um, this this might be the time where you kind of expect to see uh, potential turn into um, to something a bit more tangible and, and you know perhaps becoming a fixture in the squad but there's, there's certainly there's plenty of time for Woodburn at this stage anyway and um, Jürgen Klopp's the manager to, to play for isn't he if you, you're a youngster with the talent because you've only got to look at, at Trent and he's gone from being academy uh, hopeful to World Cup semi-finalist and, and Champions League runner-up in, in the space of well less than 12 months We can't complete these podcasts without talking transfers so James yesterday it's fair to say Liverpool were um more than happy to distance themselves with reports <laughs> linking them with Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Bit of a strange one there. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, just just the fact that Liverpool got absolutely no interest in Grealish. I think um, it's just one of those situations, isn't it, where I think people kind of know that Liverpool are still in the market mm. for an attacking midfielder. Obviously, with the Fakir deal um, having collapsed in the way it did, um, because Liverpool haven't pursued an alternative to him yet. You know, it 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 does kind of. Uh, Inevitably lead to to agents, you know, uh, linking Liverpool's name with players to to try and create interest. And I think you can certainly file the the stories about Grealish under that one because uh, Liverpool have got absolutely absolutely no interest in him. Um, and yeah, I mean, it would just be interesting to see, obviously, what does 
what does happen on the transfer front now in the short term. You know, Klopp was quoted a couple of days ago, wasn't he, as saying he's kind of he's he seemed very kind of laid back in mm-hmm. terms of where Liverpool are at. Um, you know, I think the, the goalkeeper is going to be the most interesting one for me. I think Carius, I think, will be relieved to have got Saturday under his belt. Just you know, obviously there was a lot of lot of focus on him because it was his first game since since Kiev. It, it wasn't exactly the most convincing forty-five minutes, but you know he didn't concede. He, he made the, you know he had one proper save to make that somehow he turned it over the bar with his with his legs and kind of particularly convincing under one high ball. Um, but the uh, you know I hope you know, I think that that's going to be the the thing no one really knows at the moment. How how is he going to respond to yeah. being given this fresh start by Klopp? You know, and and despite all the public words of of support, you know we know that in an ideal world Liverpool would would have pursued a deal for Allison this summer, summer at Roma. Now Brazil are out the World Cup. You know, it'd be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks what happens on on that front. So, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it wasn't. You know, Carius is going to have to. He, that that's going to be life for him from now on. And you know, there was a clip doing the rounds on social media, wasn't there, of him letting one through his hands yeah. in the in the warm up that people spotted behind. I think it was the LFC TV pundits, wasn't it? And yeah. the you know, people are are going to be looking out for that kind of thing to try, you know, to to blow things out of proportion like that. Um, but you know, hopefully he can grasp this chance that, that Klopp's given him because. Uh, Certainly, six weeks ago, I, I can't imagine he thought he would have been in this position where he's he's come back to Liverpool, been given a clean slate by the manager, and and, and promised that he's he's got the uh, you know the, the the second shot at, at, at trying to put things right. Dan, there's only 31 days left in this transfer window now. Of course, it closes a touch earlier. That's right. Yeah. If Liverpool to get one deal done, is that the one that you think should be a priority? Because it's difficult, isn't it? Because if it's not Allison, then who else? Is out there for Liverpool to go out and buy. Well, I mean, yeah, we, it feels like all all summer we've been kind of having the same kind of conversations back and forth to a certain degree. Uh, I mean, there's Alisson, there's Oblak at, at Atletico Madrid. You know, you're talking you know, there's possibly even more. I think what there's talking an 80 million buyout clause there, isn't there? Yeah. Give or take. That's if you can persuade him to leave Atletico Madrid for Liverpool, who are you know big hitters on the European stage and obviously play in the top league in La Liga. And then, it, so then you're coming down the packing order a bit, and you know, from all the noises coming out of Anfield since the end of the season, and I, th- I think from what we know, having observed Jurgen Klopp in you know at his time at the club so far, is that he will not be forced, he will not be pressured into doing a deal that he doesn't feel is right for his plan. And and I think we have to trust him on that, even if my, I myself, like many other Liverpool supporters, had concerns about Loris Carius long before Kiev. Which unfortunately were only kind of you know cemented in Kiev, but I, I think we kind of have to trust the manager. And you know, if if he feels that there is no value and we you know whatever improvement we make would only be negligible, I love a redemption story as much as anybody else. And if if Loris Carriers can turn it round, become the good solid goalkeeper that you know Liverpool have been really crying out for for, for many many years then there'll be no one more delighted for me because it's you know I've got an awful lot of time for Dejan Lovren having written him off myself many times as a Liverpool player and I think you know I would be probably not alone on Merseyside in, in hoping that he has a really successful World Cup um, I'll leave it there rather we'll, than we'll getting into the whole clubby country debate <laughs> right now but you know, it would be a similar type of situation because you Lovren's been written off many, many times, and I think a lot of people, certainly in the immediate aftermath of Kiev, were 
you know, along the lines, if they didn't see him in a Liverpool shirt again, it would be too soon. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be practical, you've got to be realistic. And if Liverpool can't go out and get someone that's significantly better, we've already paid the price over the last two or three decades of doing upgrades that aren't really upgrades. So I think, you know, however much people might moan and grumble about it, and, you know, the, the, the video that uh, Loris Carries put out on his, yeah. his Instagram last week of his little trip to America didn't really do him any favours amongst some supporters who already kind of, um, I not say have it in for him, but were, you know, have concerns about his ability to be the Liverpool goalkeeper. Um, things can change very quickly. And, you know, if, if he does, if, if we don't buy a goalkeeper and if, we, and if ultimately it's down to performances on the pitch, it doesn't matter what videos he puts on his Instagram, if he starts performing like a top goalkeeper, Liverpool supporters won't give a, a flying monkeys. Yeah. Let's, post. let's be fair, Paul. That Instagram video, it doesn't help, does it? But is he, is that where Carries perhaps is getting some bad advice? Should someone be saying to him, no, we don't put those sorts of things? Because he won't do that. that that'll be a, a social media team, yeah. assumably, won't, won't it? Yeah, I mean, Loris Carries is, is probably not doing anything different to what he's always done. You know, if you take a look around his Instagram and it, it, it does come across as you know, Instagram model-esque with some of the, the poses and the captions and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he, he, he has kept his head down after after Kiev, um, obviously all the concussion stuff come out, but in terms of his social media profile, he has, he's been quiet and he hasn't really said much other than the, the heartfelt apology that came after Kiev. And then this video comes out, which, as you say, has been pieced together by, you know, a social media manager or whatever. But it's, um, I, I don't really, I didn't really get the point of it. It was, it was like, it was, I don't know, it was like, like he was filming a, a new a new show for NTV or something. It was, it was strange. I mean, he, apparently he, he has. I think he said before he is, he is mates with Justin Bieber, isn't he? Yeah, he, he, he met Justin Bieber in a hotel in Miami, <laughs> uh, as as you do a couple of years back, and apparently they became friends. And you know, it, I just I just don't didn't really see the, the point of it. If I'm honest, at a time when the knives are out for him. No, no. Okay, let's move on. Try me tomorrow night, James. You'll be there. Um, will we see a couple of new faces back? Adam Lallana, will he be back? And and. Uh, the Dutch players Wijnaldum and, and Van Dijk yeah potentially um, Lallana would probably be I imagine he'd probably be the only one who wasn't involved at the weekend who will, will come back into the reckoning I think um, Klopp said that John Matip would start full training again this week so you'd imagine okay. Tuesday night would come too soon for him and certainly yeah the same for Wijnaldum and Van okay. Dijk I think they only reported back to Meld on Sunday didn't they so you'd have thought you know they're not going to be thrown into a game situation Two days, two days into their pre-season, I think we may well see them at, at Berry uh, next Saturday. So yeah, it'll be a prim- similar squad, and I imagine they'll treat it almost exactly the same to to the weekend at, at Chester in terms of I don't think anyone will play more than forty-five minutes. Um, two different lineups, and um, yeah, it'll be another. You know, it's, I think it's nice the fact that Liverpool have started going over there now. I think this will be the third third pre-season in a row they've they've played over there and. Um, you know, it's the it's the right thing to do because you, know, yeah. you know, obviously everyone was pleased to see Tranmere get back in the football league in such dramatic fashion back in back in May. And um, you know, I spoke to Mickey Mellon today actually just to, to do a preview for the Echo, and you kind of sense there's a little bit of frustration on his part that he hasn't been able to bring in as many new faces as he as he would like to head of the start of the league two season, and kind of talking about how you know, that with that step up suddenly. You know, there's the size of some of the clubs you're competing against and the finances involved and so you know just the fact that Liverpool are going over there and it's you know that that money will certainly come in very very handy for them you know because what what is what is only 
loose change really to a club the size of Liverpool can have a, a huge impact on that. And you know, I'm glad that they'd moved the game as well. Obviously, moved the game, not knowing whether England would get through. Obviously, with England, yeah. have got through it. So it does mean that there's you know there's hopefully not too many people be put off by the, the prospect of staying at home to watch Belgium France get down to Prenton Park. I think it's I think it's 22 quid. Um, for adults, I think uh, eight quid for eight quid for kids, uh, half seven kickoff. So hopefully there'll be a, a, a decent turnout because um, yeah, what you know what we saw from Liverpool at the weekend is you know especially with the 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 attacking players on on display, um, it, it will certainly be well well worth a well worth a watch. Yeah, Paul Storage and Wilson were a couple who caught the eye in that first game, but who do you think needs to sort of catch the eye now going forward? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I mentioned on a, a pod last week that Origi at the stage is kind of set for him to become that that backup striker to Firmino, and uh, Sturridge come from nowhere really, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah. he's he's offered a reminder of his abilities. So maybe it's uh, it's up to Origi to, uh, to to fire one across the bows and say, you know, if if you're going to be out there performing, and so am I. Yeah, yeah, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I, I always had a lot of time for Origi, particularly in that UEFA Cup, uh, Europa League run yeah. a couple of years ago, you know, home and away against Dortmund. I thought he was terrific, and it was a shame he got that, got clobbered in the derby match, didn't he, by Funes Mori? And, you know, that is that really kind of took the kind of momentum out of his Liverpool career. Um, he, from the sounds of it, his loan spell in Wolfsburg didn't really go all that well for him. And he will probably, you know, it's probably been made clear to him that, you know, if he's going to if he's going to stay at Liverpool, he really kind of has to kind of um, pull it, you know, pull his stripe out and 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 start delivering. It, every time I've heard him interviewed, he, he seems like he's you know, he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He seems quite mature mm. for his age, and and I think he's got a fair bit of ability as well. So I, I'd, I'd like I'd like to see him um, if if he if he can get that that those glimpses that we saw a couple of years ago. I think he could be a real asset for Liverpool. I think at this early stage, it's just about getting rhythm and and. Fitness and 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 everything together, um, it, and and particularly with the midfield, I think you know, the, the that's that was that that was an area of the pitch that had been a concern for supporters for quite some time. It's an area that obviously we've strengthened in with Cater and Fabinho coming in. It'll be interesting to see how obviously Jordan Henderson's still away on England duty at the moment. Um, how that will all kind of merge together over the ne- over the next couple of weeks, but. Um, yeah, it, it's you know, it, it, like James said, it, it's it's fantastic for a club like Tranmere, who I've always kind of taken a bit of an interest in. I've got family mm-hmm. over there and followed them for years and years. It's it's wonderful for them to have a club like Liverpool coming. Um, on, a, I think the the we, we Liverpool play their their academy games there or have done for a few years already, haven't they? So uh, you know, hopefully there'll be there'll be a decent crowd, um, and it'll be you know, both both sets. Of, James said that you know, that the Tranmere manager is disappointed he hasn't managed to get the players he wants and yet they've already lost some good players as well so as, ma- if as many people can get down there as possible it would really do do some great things for Tramway and, and hopefully they'll get to see the Mighty Reds as well OK we'll wrap things up with a quick chat about um, another game that's going on on Wednesday evening uh, the World Cup semi-final between England and Croatia James I bet more than anything you're delighted to see Jordan Henderson or Dejan Lovren one of them two will be in the final won't they? Yeah, whichever gets through, you know, it's going to be a, a fantastic story. You know, the, yeah. obviously parallels between the two of them in terms of, of various points, the, the kind of criticism they've they've endured and and been been written off and questioned and doubted, and and now you know what is it six seven weeks after playing in the biggest game in club football, they're both now tantalisingly close to the, the biggest the biggest game in 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 world football. So um, 
Yeah, I was I was glad. Obviously, I, I missed the England game because I was at Chester yeah. on on Saturday. But um, you know, we we had it was there was a, there was a fair few people there who were who were in the bar watching it, and so we were, we uh, we had the regular updates. And um, yeah, I just I just hope England can keep it going. I think uh, it's they're, they're never ever going to get a better opportunity, are they, to, to to win the World Cup again than than this time around? It's um, it you know, it's you, you can. Every step of the way, they seem to have got better and, and better. And Henderson has been an absolutely massive part of that. And even for young Trent Alexander Arnold as well, just being around that squad and the, the experience that that he's that he's had over the last month, I, I just I only see that benefiting Liverpool uh, mm. this this coming season. You know, okay, maybe not ideal that you're not going to get the two of them back till till early August, the week before the start of the season or whatever. But yeah, you know, I think. Henderson just has, has grown and grown in stature over the course of the tournament and it's great to see him now getting the, the wider recognition that, that he deserves James we know how you feel but but I'll put this one to Paul and you Dan look in these parts we're not all massive supporters of the national team but is there something about this team that you feel like for a change you're actually happy to see them do well you know I, I personally I quite like Gareth Southgate he's a good bloke and I think this is a more likable England team. Paul, you first. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty much a stereotypical Merseysider in the way I, I don't. I'm not a tough thumping England fan by any stretch. But I was actually I was I was off over the weekend, so I, I was actually watching England, and it was um, it was just when England scored, it was just there was celebrations like I've never seen before from from watching an England game. Um, there, there is something innately likable about this England team, which hasn't mm. always been there. With, with you think you know. The, the top players have been rivals for so long, haven't you? Look at Manchester United's contingent, Liverpool's, Chelsea's, and I, I think the likes of Gerard Lampard and, and Terry and Ferdinand and Scholes, they've all kind of said as much over the years that that, that rivalry at club level did seep into the international team, and I, I don't see that with this England team. You, you look at the, the stars, you know, Lingard, he's impressed me. He's a, I haven't always been his biggest fan, but he had a great season last season at United, and, and he's, he's had a good World Cup, and I think. As long as, Eng- as, as long as as England have got Harry Kane in the team, they've always got a chance of scoring because he, he's a world class goal scorer and tremendous. You know, he, he might even fire them to to, the, to win the thing ne- next Sunday. They've got a big chance. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I'm similar to Paul. You know, politically, I do find it very difficult yeah. to support the England football team, but you know, there is they're, they're very very. It's not, it's not just the way they conduct themselves. It is, it is the football they're playing as well. You know, Southgate really is encouraging them to kind of express themselves as and when they can. But also, I think they've shown as well the ability to do the ugly things. They had to dog it out against Colombia in that second round game, and Sweden have all, Sweden have always been a difficult opponent yeah. for England, <clears throat> and didn't roll over on Saturday and make it easy uh, easy for them again f- from the bits that I've seen. Um, there is no outstanding there is no outstanding team in this World Cup. I mean, you know, Belgium and France look to be maybe the two most gifted sides but gifted sides don't always end up with the trophies so I think it'll be a really interesting game on Wednesday I mean Croatia you know Croatia got some outstanding players particularly in that midfield with you know Modric and uh, Perisic and uh, Rakitic and, and so on big Degsy love at the back as well um, and there's they've, they've kind of laboured a little bit in their two knockout games both I think both matches were 2-2 two, two and went to penalties but chat to someone last night and kind of they're the kind of games that sometimes it's hard to, when you're expected to win and your eyes are almost kind of getting one step ahead of yourself. I think England may have found this and probably have handled that a bit better than what Croatia did. I think we'll see a better Croatia. 
on Wednesday, but I think we'll probably see a better England as well. And I can, I, I think it really is too close to call. Wouldn't surprise me if it went to extra time of penalties. So there you have it. Paul's off to buy a waistcoat. Dan will be playing the bugle. <laughs> oh, I'm painting face. And yeah, James will have his Red three lines on his, <laughs> on his chest. Right, um, we will speak to you on Friday when Liverpool will have thrashed Tranmere 14-0 and England will be in the World Cup final. <laughs> See you then. Bye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.